in to another edition of No Name Defense Miami Dolphins podcast. It's Dina right here, Ryan Mackey over there. And I don't care that it's late June, Mackey. It's, in my mind, like NBA is over, NHL is, you know, in the middle of the Stanley Cup final. In my mind, it, it's football time. And that's why we started this podcast now as we head into mini camp and training camp because there's always something to talk about. There is no offseason in football, especially when it comes to Miami Dolphins right now and all the drama surrounding them. So, Ryan, Mr. Ryan Mackey, how are you, sir? Doing great, buddy. There is no offseason in the NFL, especially when it comes to Miami Dolphins football. But let me actually start off by wishing you a happy belated birthday. Me? Wow. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yes. Uh, all I want for birthday, my birthday is, look, I know maybe I'm asking too much for the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl, but if we can just win a playoff game, is that so much to ask for my birthday? Can we do that? Not, no, not at all. I, I think we're all ready for a playoff win. It's been most we've spent most of our lifetimes not watching the Dolphins win any playoff games. So, <laughs> sure, why sad. why not? Let's let's put the cherry on top. I like it. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And you know what else I'd like for my birthday? For a lot of these idiots, <laughs> these these freaking clowns like Ryan Clark and Chris Sims, to just shut their oh. mouths. Just oh, shut up, because these guys, their characters. I like to think that they play a character because that's the way I like to justify it. I, I can't actually think that they're this dumb and that they're this ignorant and that they're just complete jerks. I like to think that they're playing a character for their shows. And look, we do it too, not to the way that they do it. I mean, we, we are an exaggerated form of ourselves when we do a show, but we're still ourselves. We're not acting. We're not giving fake hot takes. You know what I mean? And these guys, they just... Oh, they make me so angry with the stuff that they say, especially with some of the stuff we're going to touch on today. It's infuriating. There's there's nothing wrong with being a gas bag, but when you're putting out these hot takes that just make no sense whatsoever, and we're going to get into some of these things that some of these so-called analysts have yeah. been saying, it just gets our blood boiling. Oh my gosh! Well, well, how about the? You know, I just let's let's start off strong here, Mackie. Let's just jump right into it because that's really. The things that caught my eye this week, because obviously, look, there's not a lot of news and notes when it comes to Dolphins training camp and things like that right now, because it's not going on yet. I mean, it's not the season, so we can't break down a game. But what's happening with them right now are these, you know, a lot of the drama that surrounds them in the national media. When you have these talking heads come out and just trash Tua all the time, because that's the easy thing to do. It's the lazy narrative. It's it's basically it's just fodder for them. They have nothing else. There's no creativity. So they just do what's easy to them. And that's, well, let's just keep trashing Tua because, well, it's been working so far. Even though it makes no sense, even though his stats and his accuracy are better than every single quarterback that we're naming, let's just keep trashing him because that's just what we do. So... You know what? One guy, I want to start off easy, okay? Dan Orlovsky, who I really like. I don't know how you feel about him. I mean, he's good. I think he does a really good job. And he's a guy that I believe has been the most sensible when it comes to breaking down film and talking about Tua specifically and saying, look at how tight this throw, look at how tight this window is, look at how quick he gets this ball off. Look, he doesn't have a lot of time to throw, but he's still under pressure completing these passes and has one of the highest accuracy rates in the league. So I've always respected him for the fact that he sees what's really going on and he's willing to say it, unlike some of these other clowns and goons in the national sports media. So when he comes out and gives his top five quarterbacks under the age of 25, and I'm just going to read them to you here, okay? I'll let, I'll let you react, Mackie, and we can go from there because I'm going to need to catch my breath after reading this. Number one is Joe Burrow. It's fair. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Oh, the guy's an MVP. He's great. Number three is Justin Herbert, the media darling who they just love to love. Number four is Trevor Lawrence. And number five is Mac Jones. So, look, I obviously disagree with this list. <laughs> Very much so. But what, what is your reaction? Well, the first thing is, where's Tua? Why does the national disrespect continue for a guy like Tua? I don't know. Uh, I, like, Dan Orlovsky does a great job. I agree with you, Diener. But isn't this the guy that tried to throw a pass after he got safety in the back of the end zone? That's the only thing that I can remember from, from Dan Orlovsky in his playing career. He didn't give up on the play. 
<laughs> he didn't. Literally running in the back of the end zone. Oh, already no. got our, the, the two points were already on the board, yet this guy is trying to throw a pass downfield with the Detroit Lions. Don't yeah, understand well, it. You know what happens. <laughs> now, two the, the other things that jumps out, if you want to say that Joe Burrow is number one, Lamar Jackson, like you said, has an MVP under his belt. Joe Burrow just went to his – had made his first Super Bowl appearance in year three. I'm fine with that top two. And well, I think he, most people would be. Excuse me, in year two, right? I'm and I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. But then you look at numbers three, four, and five with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is one of those stat guys. He's he's puts up a lot of passing yards over yep. the course of a season. Has a great live arm, but hasn't won anything. When you compare the win loss record to a guy like Tua, Tua surpasses him. He sure does. As, do, as does Trevor Lawrence, and as does Mac Jones. And it, to quote the great Bill Parcells. He had one of the, my favorite quotes of all time. You are, what, you are what your record says you are. And I think that Tua has done so much more with less than all of these quarterbacks, oh. aside from Trevor Lawrence, yeah. that he deserves to be mentioned on this list. Absolutely. I, I really I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, to put Justin Herbert three, really that those that three, four, five, I just put Tua in any of those, okay? Right. I'm not saying that Justin Herbert, I think this is where people get confused with my take on Herbert versus Tua. I'm not saying Herbert is a bad quarterback or he's garbage. He's not. He's a great young talent. Like you said, he has a great arm, right? He puts up the stats. He puts up the numbers. But he also has a really good running game with Austin Eckler, a line that can block. And he's had a great offense surrounding him since he started. Yes. Tua hasn't had that. This is the first year where Tua is going to have the opportunity to really shine in an offense that is tailored toward him with incredible talent around him so to say that Herbert is like the second coming of you know Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes or Dan Marino it's just enough with with just I was going to say something enough with just bending over backwards for this guy because people they just they love to love Herbert he's like he's the sexy pick all the time he's flashy he's got the big arm he plays in Los Angeles so he gets all the attention all the love again not saying that the guy doesn't put up great numbers and he's a great talent, but he's way overrated in the way that the national media perceives him. Way overrated. He is. He he does the prettier things. He's the tall quarterback that everybody covets. Stands strong in the pocket. Came from a smaller school. Didn't have the you know the backing that Tua did in Alabama. But at an NFL level, when when I look at Justin Herbert, really any quarterback that has played for the Chargers over the last. 15, 20 years, they've always had a top offense in the NFL. Yeah. With Drew, with Drew Brees, they had it. Uh, with Philip Rivers, they had it. And now with Justin Herbert, they have it. So they're always built to put a lot of points up on the board. And that isn't taking anything away from Justin Herbert. Can he win a, a Super Bowl? Possibly, yeah. But he doesn't have a playoff win as of yet. And I understand that Tua doesn't have that. But looking at closer at number three, four, and five, wherever you want to put Justin Herbert, does he belong in the top five, 25 sure. or younger? Yes. But at number three... I don't know, especially with the disrespect to Tua. Trevor Lawrence, as you mentioned this last week, Diener, not too many people don't talk about how bad he was last he season. He was awful. Com- completely <laughs> awful. I mean, this guy was a, a turnover machine, and I understand that Jacksonville has a lot of rebuilding to do, which is remarkable considering they draft in the top five, top ten every single year. And then Mac Jones. Mac Jones, you know, he he has we'll, – we'll see what kind of future he has, yeah. but – if Bill Belichick isn't the coach of the Patriots, are you really putting Mac Jones at, in the top five, 25 or younger? Really? No. And look, again, not to diss Mac Jones. I mean, he definitely has a lot of potential. He showed a lot of uh, efficiency and moxie last year. Um, you know, did, did some really good things. But no, I mean, no, he's just he's not in the top five over two. It's just as simple as that. And quite frankly, Trevor Lawrence, of course, has all the talent in the world, but he was awful in his rookie year. So neither of those guys belong ahead of Tua. Take one of them out. You can argue amongst amongst yourselves whichever one you want to take out and put at five. Tua belongs at four or three because guess what? He has a better record than Justin Herbert. He has a better accuracy rating than Justin Herbert. And when it comes to those deep balls, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, Tua doesn't have the arm. Again, the lazy narrative. Justin Herbert's got the big arm. He can throw it anywhere. Well, guess what? They have almost identical stats when it comes to passes over 20 yards. Look it up for yourself. Don't be lazy. Look it up. It's right there for you. The stats don't lie. So, again, this is just shame on Dan Orlovsky, honestly, because he's better than this. 
He does a great job, and this is just this is a lazy list, is what it is. To leave Tua out of this list is an absolute fraud. This list does not exist to me. This list is is absolute garbage. It is a fraudulent list of top five quarterbacks under twenty five. Get rid of it. Delete it. It's gross. And just touching on Mac Jones, uh, you know, talking about him for a little bit. How how efficient did he look in his first ever playoff game? Uh, not not too not good, very good. Right? No, no, no. How did he look against his uh, game against the Dolphins? Both games. Okay, yeah, exactly. So awful. Rethink that list, there, old Dan, Big Dan. Re- rethink that one, buddy. And now one that here's a guy I don't respect. Okay, I wanted to start off with a, a little bit fluffy there, <laughs> with someone <laughs> that I actually fluff. do like and respect in Darylovsky, even though I went off on it. <laughs> To a guy that who I absolutely just I want I want I have to be careful what I say here, because yep. <laughs> we're on YouTube and I want I want to mention that um, if you're listening to the show now, whenever you listen to it on this podcast edition, you could always find it on YouTube. We are broadcasting live right now on YouTube, so you can always rewatch it on YouTube. You can go there, check it out. No name defense, just search that on YouTube, and you'll find uh, myself and Mackie doing this show. Right now, as as we speak, but it'll be later because you're going to replay it. But you know what I mean. So, <laughs> since it's YouTube, there's different rules on YouTube. So, I want to be careful what I say here and not get us kicked off for, for code of conduct. I really just really, really hate Chris Sims. <laughs> and <laughs> the things that I want to say, I cannot say because this, 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 this podcast will get deleted from existence, but Chris Sims is just an absolute garbage bag of a human being. He's he's terrible at his job. He's terrible at even pretending to say what he's... He doesn't believe what he's saying. He's a clown. He's a character, and I hate him so much, and I wish that someone would just call this guy out. I call him out all the time. I know you call him out all the time. I tweet out. I tweet at him sometimes and say, Chris Sims is the worst sports analyst in the world, and I'll add him. He doesn't care what I say, and that's fine, but he is just awful. He's awful, awful at what he does, and he proved it again with his list of top 40 quarterbacks. He should be ashamed of himself. For this list, I mean, you can you go through some of this, Mackie? Because I I need to take a break. My head is starting to hurt. I feel like I chairs are about to go flying in the you're Fox not kidding. Six Forty Studio. I'm trying like, to keep my hat on. You see me <laughs> squeezing my hat. I know you're bracing yourself, but this list just does not make really any bit of sense. Uh, we'll start off with the top ten. I'll run through this quickly. Please do. So it it starts off with Josh Allen as the number one quarterback in the top 40 QB countdown for Chris Sims. Sure, whatever. Uh, Number one is Josh Allen. Two is Patrick Mahomes. Three is Justin Herbert. Four is Joe Burrow. Again with Herbert. Again. (laughs) Let me just tickle, tickle. A little tickle for Justin Herbert from Chris Sims. I mean, my gosh. Man, he's he's already elevated Justin Herbert to number three. I'm pretty sure I got us kicked off of YouTube just now, by the way. (laughs) So this is two analysts oh. that, ha- that have put Justin Herbert in the top three of their own respective category. That's okay, so number four number four is Burrow. Five is Aaron Rodgers. And this is where the list gets interesting to, to round out the top ten. Number six is Matthew Stafford. Just won his first championship sure. with the Rams. Seven is Russell Wilson. Eight. Number eight is Tom Brady. And sure. the, the top ten finishes out with number nine, Dak Prescott, and number ten, Lamar Jackson. On the bubble is Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. All right, now I'll do me you... a favor. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I will ask you this favor. Sure. Read 40 <laughs> through 30 for me, please. Okay. Let's, now I'll read... let's, let's hear now, that. Now I'll read 40 through 30 just to, just to see how asinine this is. Number 40 is Drew Locke. Number 39 is Kenny Pickett, who hasn't played an NFL snap yet. And keep that in mind, okay? Keep that in mind. 38, Teddy Bridgewater. Back up from the Miami Dolphins. 37 is Gardner Minshew, who's who's backing up Jalen Hurts right now. Porn star stash. 36, Tyrod Taylor. Okay, Tyrod Taylor. Journeyman QB, not very good. Just no. if someone needs a quarterback, a, a team will pick him up because they have nobody else. Number 36, right? Okay, keep going, please. 35 is Davis Mills. 34 is Tyler Hundley. Okay, 
Tyler Hundley is 34. Right? Yes. Yes, okay. I don't know where he plays. <laughs> He's so right now he backs up Lamar Jackson. He, He's he had the a few- backup for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> He's not a starter. No. He's the backup for Lamar Jackson. Tyler no. Hundley. He, he, 34. He played, Remember that. He, he played well in relief for Lamar Jackson when he had to miss those games with an ankle injury. Uh, but to be ranked 34, okay, let's let's just keep going before I I give you an aneurysm. Uh <laughs> 33 is Geno Smith. 32. Now Gino! we're into the. <laughs> 32 is. Oh, that's... Sam Darnold. Okay. 31 is Trey Lance. And 30 is Jared Goff. Okay. Now, I wanted to put that into perspective for everybody because you heard those names <laughs> Tyler Hunley, Geno Smith. Was it 31? Was Geno Smith? Yes. Where, 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 no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Geno Smith was 33. 33. 32 is Sam Darnold, and 31 is Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Remember that name, Trey Lance. He is a backup quarterback. Say what you want to say about the future of the 49ers. As of right now, of this recording and this live broadcast on YouTube, <laughs> on June 22nd, the year 2022, year of our Lord, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starting quarterback for the 49ers, which makes, technically speaking, Trey Lance a backup quarterback. Am I wrong? No. Okay. Not wrong at all. Not please wrong. now. Matter. Please. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Ryan Mackey. Am, am I free to continue? Please give me number 29. Well, 30 is Jared Goff, and yes. number 29 is Miami Dolphins starting quarterback, Tua Tungavello. There it is! There it is! Twenty-nine! I put him at twenty-nine! You have what's his name? Hudley? This backup quarterback? Taylor Hudley? Tyler Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Huntley At 36. 34! Right. Even worse! (laughs) Tyler Huntley is at 34. A backup quarterback for the Ravens. And at number 29, five spots. Five spots, Ryan Mackey. They're basically saying... The starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungavailoa is at number 29. Two spots. Let me go on the camera. Two spots ahead of the backup quarterback for the 49ers, Trey Lance, who has played what? Maybe six and a half downs in the NFL? Are you kidding me with this list from Chris Sims? I don't even want to move forward in this list because it just gets worse. Human sewage. When you you listen to 24 to 28, it's going to bother you even more. Human sewage. (laughs) It is sewage. This is is sewage. Chris Sims, the list is sewage. And Chris Sims is a human piece of excrement. He is a walking poop. Do you understand this? But Chris Sims, this is what is happening before our eyes. To put out this list and expect people to take it seriously is just beyond me. So just to look at the list so far, you're you're saying that Tua is only better than two active exactly. NFL starters in the entire NFL. Some guy named Hunley, who I can't remember his first name. <laughs> Tyler Hunley. Tyler Hunley. And I think I'm saying his last name wrong, too. I'm not pronouncing it the T. I'm saying it with a D. Yes. Yeah, five yeah, spots behind Tua, the starting Tyler, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Tyler Huntley. Hi, maybe, Tyler we'll Huntley. Get, maybe we'll get his name right before the show ends. I don't want to. <laughs> now I'm just going to get it wrong on purpose. But no. This, this is absolutely it, amazing. It, it just goes down from here. To, to say that Tua is in the same category as the Geno Smiths and just just backup land, just it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like Trey Lance really has only started one game in his in his career so far, oh. and it just doesn't make any sense. But oh this is God. this is this is what's really going to bother you when you look at numbers twenty one to twenty eight and see who he rated higher than Tua. And I'll just do a quick run through the, through this and I'm, I'm hoping 
that you're still alive after I read this list. I, don't, I can't make any guarantees. <laughs> All right, so don't die on me. 28 is Marcus Mariota. I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> I mean, a guy that just... You're making this up, a, right? A guy just became a starter yesterday because Matt Ryan gets traded to the Colts. And they have Marcus Mariota rated higher than Tua. Okay, let's keep going. Mitchell Trubisky. Oh! <laughs> oh! I'm not done there. Oh! I'm, I'm not done yet. Oh. I, have, I have to pull the Band-Aid off on this one. All right, I'm just going to go quickly. 26 is Jameis Winston. <laughs> Stop, you're making this up. This is real. 25 is Jalen Hurts. And you could really put him anywhere after number 16. So Jalen Hurts, if you want to say that he's a little bit better than Tua, fine. But I, I, I don't personally agree with that. But got a lot 20... of promise, but good Lord. <laughs> right. No. 24, Trevor Lawrence. 23. What? <laughs> what? Trevor Lawrence? We That's just finished talking about right here. On the show sheet, we just finished talking about Trevor Lawrence <laughs> and how bad he was in his rookie season. And he has been 24, five spots ahead of Tua. Let, led the league in turnovers, and yet he's five spots over Tua. Why? So 23 to 20 rounds out with Justin Fields who was just completely awful in his rookie campaign. Nothing around him in Chicago, but still doesn't deserve to be rated higher than Tua. 22, brace yourself, Zach Wilson. 21, <laughs> Daniel Jones, who was a complete joke last season. And finally, 20 uh, rounds out with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just... I, I, I'm thinking, like, how does Chris Sims, and, and we mention this all the time, how does this guy have a job? Doesn't have a spleen. <laughs> Let's remember that. Is, Maybe the lack is, of a spleen is the thing that is Maybe. giving That's him right. these awful, awful perspectives to make a list like that. <sighs> Mitchell Trubisky? He was the backup quarterback for Buffalo last year. Yes. Yes. Okay. He was the he was the backup. He is considered to be one of the biggest busts of all time. That's considering correct. That, that Patrick Mahomes went in the same draft. <laughs> Justin Fields had a historically awful year for his rookie season. He was literally running for his life in Chicago. Yes. It was unanimous pretty much among all pundits that he had a terrible season. Awful. Awful season. Trevor Lawrence... Who, again, had a terrible rookie season. And he's taking these people. He's taking these guys. And he's ranking them ahead of Tua for no other reason to get reactions like this from people like me who lose their minds when these lists, these asinine, disgusting, ridiculous, useless, toilet paper-worthy lists come out. That's what happens when Chris Sims puts out lists like that. Human excrement and i'm so angry about this i'm so just beside myself at how bad this is i try not to rate players too much by their performance in the preseason but there was just something about justin fields and it's it's significant because his first preseason start the first time that he touched on an nfl field was against the dolphins so he came in late in the second quarter uh, after andy dalton went out Justin Fields comes in, and this guy is struggling to get any th to throw, make any first down against our third team unit. And here's the best part: the Bears and Justin Fields. I, I can't remember if they won that game or not. But in the second half, he he stayed as the starter, had a couple rushing, like I had a rushing touchdown. I think he had a passing touchdown against our third team unit. And here's the best part. All these NFL analysts and even LeBron, even LeBron tweets, man, that Justin Fields kid is something special. You're playing the Dolphins' third team unit. Why? Why are you? Why is the? 
is everybody backing this man as if he's going up against the freaking steel curtain? I don't understand this. I'm losing my mind just watching these freaking (laughs) dirtbags tweet and just the the disrespect continues. And it's, it's not even right that you have Tua mentioned as not only backup quarterbacks, but everybody that you listed from 20 or from 21 to 28 they're just now becoming start. Some of them are just now becoming starters, and uh, the others had the worst statistical seasons in NFL history for a starting quarterback. I don't understand it. Daniel Jones. I mean, if you see me on YouTube right now, you will see I'm in physical pain. <laughs> I mean, I really, I'm like, in, I'm in physical pain. I'm showing signs <laughs> of agony on my face. <laughs> it's just, that's rough, man. That's rough. I don't know how you go through life like that if, if you're Chris Sims. Where you you actually put out that list. And look, kudos <laughs> to him for coming up with the most asinine list he could think of to get reactions. Because that's all this is. Who really honestly believes that this is a list of top 40 quarterbacks in the league right now? Come this on. Is the, this is the reason people stay off of social media for lists like this. Yes. You know, and I cannot wait. I've never been so excited. You and I, we're, we're South Florida guys. We, we, we love the Miami Heat. We love the Miami Dolphins. So you can probably agree with me when I say this, that I've never wanted a more in-your-face type of season before in my life since the big three Miami Heat when everybody in the sports world was hating on that team. Yes. And it was only it was Heat versus the world. It was Heat fans versus the world at that time in the four-year span of the big three. Where we just we wanted to just put it in everybody's face and say, guess what? We're gonna come out and beat you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I haven't wanted, I haven't had that feeling since then that I have right now, which is I want so badly for Tua to come out this year and just crap all over the face of guys like Chris Sims and another guy like we're about to talk about here in a second. Just all the critics, all these guys who are trying to make a living off of just trashing him for no reason other than it's the popular thing to do. That's the only reason why they do it. And I cannot wait. I can't put it into words, Mackie, how much I cannot wait for the season to begin so he can just come out and just stomp on the necks of all of these goons. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Please give it to me. There, there's a lot of shows that have these bogus takes where one, you know, one analyst takes the side of like, like let's just say you're pro Tua, I'm anti Tua, but we both came into this podcast saying, you know what, this is going to be the season where we finally get our revenge. We finally shut up the league. We finally throw these lists and guys like Dan Orlovsky and Chris Sims face because it's, it's time for us to shine. We, we have finally surrounded Tua with the talent and the coaching and the support that he needs and all these lists, I can't wait to see the list in 2023 because they're going to, they should have Tua in the, if you don't, if you keep disrespecting this man, it's going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to know what to say, but you're going to see Tua make the, the meteoric rise to the top 15 on most of these lists by 2023. Mark it down. I like it. I like it. You know, I don't like, or who I don't like Ryan Clark. So Ryan, Ryan Clark we talked about it last week, and of course, Ryan Clark is uh, on uh, ESPN and does his thing over there, and I've always found him to be kind of obnoxious personally, but that's that's just me. So we talked about it last week with, with Tyree Kill, and you know, of course, the video came out. Everybody reacted to it. Everybody overreacted to it of him comparing to it to Pat Mahomes. We won't go over it all again. You know what he said. Ryan Clark, a few days ago, tweets out, Basically called Pat Mahomes a liar. I mean, not Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill a liar. Called Tyreek a liar saying, you don't really believe what you're saying. You're just saying that for your quarterback and behind closed doors, you're saying something else. And it's like, how dare you? Just you, you, just such a terrible thing to call somebody out like that. Ryan Clark was a former player. And I guess he forgot what it was like to be a player because now he's to do something like that and to call another player a liar just for your own personal social media gain, pretty much, so you right. can put out a hot take. Shame on you, Ryan Clark. You, 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 you scum. 
it's, it's garbage like takes. That. It's it's he's just trying to build a following because there are many Tua haters out there on social media. It's it's clear as day on how the general public feels about Tua. But we're the ones that are saying, you know what, this this is his season. This is his time to shine. And we're just not going to listen to any of the, the, the haters because I, I don't I don't value people like Ryan Clark's opinion because he's just looking to a, attack a guy like Tua. And the guy, he clearly doesn't deserve it. If you look at closer and we've been talking about this for quite a while. If you look at Tua's numbers, they're respectable. They're they're where you should be. You compare can compare them to many NFL Hall of Fame quarterbacks that didn't get together, you know, that couldn't get it together before year three. But Tua's numbers are really not that bad. He's one of the more accurate quarter, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He obviously has the brain to 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 work for multiple offensive coordinators and some of the cre- most creative minds of all time, guys like Nick Saban and. You know, playing under Brian Flores is one of the, who was one of the best defensive coordinators in in the league's history. It's it's not easy, but now he's finally having fun with a mastermind like Mike McDaniel. And I just feel like he's just so much more loose, and he's approaching the season completely different. Because as we as we uh, we mentioned, he finally has the love, he finally has the support of his teammates, and now it's all systems go. No, you're right, and you know it's it's amazing because. When, when you look at someone like Tyreek, he's experiencing, I think, for the first time, mm-hmm. a hateful media. Yeah. You know, he didn't have that in Kansas City. They were kind of the darlings. You know, Pat Mahomes is, is, is a media darling. And he's experiencing the first time having to really defend his quarterback who shouldn't even be being attacked. And because of his podcast, what he's saying, comparing the two of them, he was getting threats. You're telling me he was getting death threats, Tyreek Hill was? He was receiving death threats. He said after he made that comparison between Tua and Mahomes, and it was a legitimate comparison because all the guy said was that Tua was a more accurate quarterback, and Tyreek, who's trying to be a, a more versatile receiver, catch the short red routes, catch the intermediate routes, is saying that I like Tua's ball because he throws an accurate ball, and I want to show off my skills more because he's just more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, which he is. We took a look statistically. Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's top five in accuracy right now. Looking back, look at the at the numbers that over his last two seasons, he's one of the more accurate ball throwers in the NFL. And there's nothing wrong with what Tyreek Hill said. But now you have these fans and you have the media criticizing every little thing that Tyreek's saying, saying that oh, two is better than Patrick Mahomes. It has nothing to do with that he's just saying that he throws a more accurate ball and it's just him standing up for his guy but now he's receiving death threats because of it and no player in the nfl or anybody of of any sport should receive death threats i mean come on people i mean just absolute losers anybody get a life okay it's a joke now switching gears here a little bit we'll Uh, we'll get off the uh the rage train (laughs) thank you i'm getting a headache from all that rage I got to ch- I, I check my blood pressure right now. It's not good, man. It's through the roof. Oh my gosh! <sighs> I can only imagine yours. Is, I'm, I'm I'm really surprised that no chairs or anything hasn't gone flying yet. I started to get dizzy, so <laughs> I, that, I can just tell you that. But right. you know, I, I wanted to touch on something actually here because you brought up a good point. Um, that we were talking off the air. We haven't been able to touch a lot on the defense with this team. You know, for a good reason, a lot of the discussion so far this season has surrounded the offense with Tua and Tyreek and Mike McDaniel and all the possibilities with bringing all these guys. But we should touch on the defense because this is something that I believe as great and promising as the offense or as promising as the offense is and as great as it can be, the constant right now the identity of this team is their defense and I think they actually got stronger I I think they're stronger coming into the season I think so too and it it all starts with the defensive line you know we love these big guys up front we love the trenches and I I think that what the Dolphins defensive what their defense has a chance to do this season is be on par not lead the well 
you can lead the league in sacks and there's many opportunities to force turnovers, but now the offense finally has a chance to keep the defense on the field. They could extend drives and it, it's going to be really interesting because it's, it's the first time in a long time that both units could be top 15, possibly top 10. Right. And I thought, we would, I, I thought we would start off with a defensive line because there's a lot to be excited about. A lot of, the guys that were on the defensive line came back this season. So we still have Raekwon Davis, mm -hmm. Christian Wilkins, who you met and had yeah. the opportunity just, just to uh, shoot, shoot with. And it was really Shout cool. I, I, you had a pretty awesome experience with Christian Wilkins. And you mentioned that last week. Yeah, He's just guy. Su su such a lovable guy. He is. Good guy. Shout out, shout out to uh, Christian Wilkins, who is not listening to this, but shout out anyway. <laughs> he's, he's not. Maybe one day we can have him as a guest on the show, but who knows? But Christian Wilkins, you know, manning it up front with Raquan Davis, Zach Sealer, who a lot of guy, uh, a guy that many people don't yeah. know about, but one of the household names and has been really been a force on the defensive line. He was a late round pick for the Miami Dolphins a couple years ago, but is just a space eater, does whatever you ask of him. And along with the, the entire defensive line, Emmanuel Ogba. One of the things that I appreciated about this, this offseason was that the Dolphins took care of their own guys. And Ogba was one of those guys that came along, was uh, formerly of the Browns, comes into this, this system where it's really defensive friendly, has playmakers around him, and now he's making a name for himself. He's one of the highest paid uh, defensive end linebackers in the NFL right now and just wreaked havoc on quarterbacks last season, was actually top five in uh, NFL quarterback hits, which yeah. is extremely important. That's a good point. And – Really, it's this this defensive line for the Dolphins has a, a good chance to be one of the more the, the better units in the NFL. And all of them are improving. All of them are coming up towards their their contract year. I'm hoping that we keep uh, the core of this line for a long time. And what they do up front only helps out the, the linebackers. And then when you're talking about the linebacking uh, backer unit for the Dolphins, you have a guy like Channing Tindall who, uh, from Georgia, who we didn't really get a chance to talk about. He was our first draft pick selection in the third round this year. Very and excited for him. I, I'm ex extremely excited. And Georgia had a big year on the defensive side right. of the NFL draft. 15 players got taken. It was an NFL record where Jeez. five Georgia Bulldogs defensive players went in the first round. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, Diener. Look, I mean, some some schools just turn out to be factories, right? I mean, Miami wearing the hat. If you're watching on yeah. YouTube, you know, in, right. in the '80s and '90s and early 2000s, one of those schools, of course, USC has been, Texas, of course, Alabama and Georgia. Now, I mean, the the, the recruits, the way that they develop them, Kirby Smart's done a great job over there. Yep. So, you know, you got these guys coming out, and they're just so incredibly talented, and they're ready. Guys, you know, like Jordan Davis, you know, going to the Eagles, and it's just so much that came out of Georgia this past season. It's going to be fascinating to see how they all pan out, but I really like what the Dolphins did there with, with drafting Tyndall. He's a fast linebacker. He goes with the kind of the theme of this team, I think, which is speed. Speed. You know, I mean, imagine him playing linebacker while you have – Byron Jones and X back there, you know, def uh, defending passes. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Jalen Phillips with his speed and his athleticism on the line. It's going to be a lot of opportunities for the Dolphins to mix, th to mix things up on defense. There's a lot of scheme building. We talk about all the schemes that Mike McDaniel can come up with on offense. With the defensive side of the ball and the talent and the speed that they have there, that's also a defense coordinator's dream, honestly, on how they can draw it up. I mean, all the different... Uh, blitz packages they can uh, can come up with with these guys. This defense is going to be scary, man. They have a lot of pieces and a lot of pieces that return too. It is, and they address the linebacker uh, position being one of the highest positions of need for the Dolphins. But I like this this core: Channing Tindall, who we're both mm -hmm. extremely high on um, coming into this season. Like you said, just has superb speed. Ran a four four seven forty yard dash. So. Mike McDaniel, Josh Boyer, they're trying to build a track star type lineup on both sides. And then you got uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, who's one of the more interesting players of, of, because he's heading into a contract year. So, I mean, this guy just ha is, is always motivated, but yeah. now he's he's playing to remain a member of the Miami Dolphins. And I really like him. I love me some Van Ginkle. This yeah. is a guy that's always around the freaking football. Yep. And I love that. Absolutely. And speaking of that, 
get names like Van Ginkle and, and Jalen Phillips. You you did something interesting uh, recently, Mackie. You can check it out on FoxSports640.com. By the way, this podcast will be up on FoxSports640.com. And, of course, wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, um, you can always find it there as well. And I mentioned we're on YouTube uh, as well. So you search No Name Defense on any of the podcast platforms or on YouTube, and you will find us. We will pop up talking about the Miami Dolphins every single week in the offseason and during the season especially. Man, I can't wait for the season. Oh, uh, me too. Hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun. But one of the things... I think it will be. One of the things that's on FoxSports640.com right now is an article that you wrote talking about the possible uh, three breakout players this year for the Dolphins. So I wanted you to touch on that a bit because I thought it was a pretty interesting subject. Sure. So I, I picked three players, three Miami Dolphins to break out this season. You could, this is who I think is going to have, this is who I think is going to have the biggest seasons. And you can convert this to fantasy, if you will, because I know we, we had a big fantasy debate on last week's show. Um, but I started off and he's not going to be anywhere on like number 29 on my list. I started off with our quarterback Tua. Absolutely. I, I project Tua to have a, a huge season. I, I put on the, the article and you can check it out. Like Diener said on Fox sports, 640.com. Um, I put Tua at number one because I think that he's going to have the best season. I like Diener believe that he has a, a really big chance to be comeback player of the year. I think he throws for somewhere around 3,800 yards Easily over 30 touchdowns, maybe 35 to 38 touchdowns. I put, I believe I put on the article 12 interceptions, and I just think that he has all the tools. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. So he starts off being number one on my list for top three breakouts for the Dolphins. I like it. I like it. He's definitely not only a breakout for the Dolphins, I think he's going to be one of the breakout stars yes. in the NFL this year. Yeah, so don't wait until the, the 14th, 15th round to draft him because swear. On, uh, from a fantasy aspect, you need to draft Tua. I don't care where you take him, ninth round or later, but I know Diener and I are going to jump all over that. Got a lot of weapons to throw to. <laughs> That's it. Who's Somebody, number two? Who's going who's gonna to be the guy that throws? It's Tua. Exactly. So right. If you believe in the weapons, you have to believe in the guy that's throwing it to them. Simple as that. But number two, I actually have Mike Kosicki, Mike G, who yeah. I I love. I, I put him on my all-life team because I remember when he was being drafted, I said, I don't care what the Dolphins do. They have to come away with Mike Kosicki in this draft. He's just superbly athletic. Uh, he was drafted in the second round, just 4-5 speed for a tight end, just right. one, of the qu- one of the quicker ones. Can, and one of the things I love about Mike Kosicki is that, yes, he's not the best run blocker. He's not like a George Kittle from that aspect but the fact that this guy can just literally stretch out and make these acrobatic one-handed grabs i mean sometimes he does this in games and you're just saying to yourself how did he catch that ball right full extension on the ball secured on the fingertips brings it in and really could just own the matchup against any linebacker or defensive back that you put him against it is pretty amazing i mean he's such He's such a pleasure to watch, and I'm really happy that they brought him back for this year. You know, you weren't sure what was going to happen, whether we were going to see the franchise tag or not. I mean, I remember seeing, uh, watching him come out of Penn State and thinking, man, this kid's going to be really good in the NFL. So, I mean, he's to me, he's a cornerstone of this team. I mean, he, he opens up so much on the field because you have to account for him. As a pass-catching tight end, you have to. So that means he's taking attention away from Tyreek. He's taking attention away from Jalen Waddle, from Cedric Wilson, whoever it's going to be that Tua is throwing the ball to. He's he's a huge, huge part of this team. So absolutely, 100% agree with Gasecki there being on your list. The the knock about Gasecki has been his run blocking, but now he's working with a lot of offensive line minded coaches. He's working with Mike McDaniel that can teach him different techniques on. You know, um, you know, bumping defenders and really just using his his size to his advantage. So I'm interested to see not just Mike Gesicki, the receiver, but how they use him in the running game and really keeping keeping him off the field because you don't want Mike Gesicki to leave the field in in key moments of the game. No, no, that's the guy you need out there. When when it's playmaking time, you want him out there. Back to back 700 yard seasons for yeah. the Dolphins that when with a struggling offensive line, I think the line only gets better, and I I think Mike Kosicki's numbers get better as well. And if he's had back-to-back 700-yard seasons, now I think that he gets in the upper echelon close to 1,000 yards receiving. And because you have a guy like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell on the outside, Cedric Wilson, 
mostly playing the slot and Mike Kosicki in the middle as, as our very own Tyree kill mentioned on his podcast, sure Mike, did. G in the, Mike G on the middle. And I'm, I'm extremely excited. I get, I think he gets closer to 900, a thousand receiving yards this wow. season. That'd be really big to see that from yeah. tight end. Very big. And I, I also think that he'll have a career high in touchdowns this year because Ooh. you can't single cover the guy anymore. There were a lot of times where teams would just put a you know double team, sometimes triple team, as we saw in that Kansas City right. Chiefs game. But I don't think you could do that to Mike G anymore. And now he's going to face a lot of single coverage. Look out for a monster season. I like it. And then third, my third breakout for the Miami Dolphins this season is Jalen Phillips. And I know oh, you're you extremely okay. excited about this. Diener, you mentioned in our pick six last week that you expect Jalen Phillips to lead the Dolphins in sacks. And he's from our very own Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, baby. Let's go. N- number 15. I mean, just look at this guy. He is just in complete shape right now. He, he looked like he was, he looks like he was chiseled from a rock. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, sculpted and made from, you know, just just stone and boulder. The guy is just (laughs) he's strong. He's quick. He's versatile. And not only do I love his pass rushing ability, but this guy can go sideline to sideline when it comes to stopping the run. He's one of the better run defenders. And that's something that people don't uh, really know. But you will learn a lot about that this year in in Josh Boyer's scheme. Yeah, look, I mean, last week I compared him to uh, Jason Taylor, and I think those are pretty much the comparisons that you hear when you talk about Jalen Phillips and his ceiling and his possibilities that he has. I mean, this kid, I really believe he's going to be one of the best defensive uh, linemen, defensive ends in the NFL in the next within the next year or two. I, I totally agree with you. On this list, he is going to be a huge star and a huge piece for the Dolphins moving forward. I was so happy when they drafted him for Miami because I saw... Being a Canes fan, I mean, I watch him every week, and I saw this guy, what he can do, and I knew he was being underrated coming into all the workouts, but once he hit those workouts, the combine and all that stuff, people realized, oh, my gosh, this guy's really good. So I was very happy he fell into the Dolphins' lap where he did a couple years ago, and I I cannot wait to see what he does this year. It's interesting because when the Dolphins took him uh, later in the first round, there were multiple teams offering the Dolphins like four or five draft right. picks to, to move up, and they wanted to select Jalen Phillips. So it's not just the Dolphins that are saying, oh, this guy has r- ridiculous potential, but other teams in the NFL wanted to make that move, but Miami said, you know what, we're staying where we are, and we're taking Jalen Phillips. And that's what they did, and I'm very happy that they did. <laughs> Me too. You know, another guy that... Um... I was very happy about it. I know that you are. Was Zach Thomas. And yeah, there it is. That's right. 5-4. Five, 5-4. Four. Five, four. We know all about Zach Thomas. Obviously, one of the best uh, players, period, in Miami Dolphins history. Offense, defense, special teams, doesn't matter. Just a, a top player of all time, in my opinion, for the Miami Dolphins. And one of the best linebackers in NFL history. So much so... That you even start now, and the reason I bring this up is because Zach Thomas' uh, name was kind of in the news this past week with guys like Peyton Manning and Brian Urlacher getting the question, you know, what did you think about Zach Thomas? Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? And nobody can figure that out. I mean, Brian Urlacher was on with Pat McAfee a few weeks, uh, I mean, a few few days ago. We were going to play the sound, but there was a lot of F-bombs, so I didn't really feel like going through that whole mess there. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But he pretty much said, he's like... Zach Thomas has pretty much the same stats as I do. He's like, when you line us up, he actually has some better stats than I do. And he was mystified. Brian Alacker, just like you and I and a lot of other people, are mystified as to why Zach Thomas is not in the Hall of Fame. So when you have guys like Brian Alacker saying that recently, why isn't he there? You have Peyton Manning talking about how he's the smartest player he's ever played against. You have Tom Brady, who has said before, on record, how tough it was to play against Zach Thomas. He knew exactly what was going on in the field all, all the time. What is it now that this has come, this discussion has come up again? Why? What is keeping him out? Is it just bias against the Miami Dolphins? Is it is it just Hall of Fame voters looking elsewhere and just being completely unaware of how great he was in his career? I, I can't for the life of me understand why Zach Thomas is not in the Hall of Fame yet. He's a Hall of Fame linebacker. The only thing I can think of is because of his size. He was one of the most undersized linebackers. Uh, but the fact that he dominated his position for so many years, I mean, we've compared, many fans have compared the numbers 
to Brian Urlacher, who says Zach Thomas needs to be in Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you look at their numbers closely, Zach Thomas has has started more games, two more games, but has still started more. This is the thing that bothers me. He has over 370 more tackles. Zach Thomas finished his career with over 1,700 tackles. Brian Erdlocker finished with 13, uh, 1,361 tackles. So, like that just bothers me because that was that, that's what you need to do as a middle linebacker is, is bring a guy down. And Zach right. Thomas has done that more than Brian Erdlocker, who's already in the Hall of Fame. Brian Arlocker uh, gets the nod for sacks and interceptions. Um, he has he has double Zach Thomas's sack total. Finished with forty one point five. Zach has twenty. But here's where uh, Zach Thomas leads Brian Arlocker: more forced fumbles with sixteen uh, as opposed to eleven, and more All Pro selections. Had five. Brian Arlocker uh. had four. So their numbers are extremely close. The only reason I'm seeing why Zach Thomas can't get in is because of his size. I, I know that he doesn't have uh, uh, Brian Urlacher also went to a Super Bowl, made the Super Bowl appearance, didn't win. So they both finished with no rings. So it's not like you could say, oh, Brian Urlacher was a champion. Zach Thomas wasn't. But I don't know. I don't know where the hating comes from. I don't know where the bias comes from. Why Zach Thomas can't get into the Hall of Fame is the biggest head scratcher, especially because when you look at uh, the, the Saints linebacker who just got in, the former Saint um What's his name? Uh, Sam Mills. Right. Sam Mills, who just cracked the Hall of Fame. I did read that this was his last year of eligibility uh, because then if he didn't get in this season, he would have to be a senior member and not able to get in for a, a quite a number of years. So they let Sam Mills in. But if you compare Sam Mills to Zach Thomas, oh, please, it's not even close. No. I, I guarantee if we pulled like maybe 100,000 people, only a handful would even know who Sam Mills is. I didn't know who he was, honestly, and I'm, you know, a football junkie. So Right. And I, I don't even understand the argument about, well, he's too small to make the Hall of Fame. You either have the stats or you don't. And yes. when you add up his career, when you line up his career and his stats with the likes of Brian Urlacher, with the likes of Ray Lewis, two of the best linebackers, not only in modern-day football, but of all time, you line his career and his stats up with them, and they match up. And in some cases... Zach Thomas's are better. So there is literally no excuse in my mind when you look at careers and stats. I know I know Ray Lewis has the Super Bowl, and I get that, and I know Erlacher played in one, and Zach Thomas never did. But aside from those things, his career and his numbers are right there with the best linebackers to ever play this game. Zach Thomas does not get the respect he deserves whatsoever, and it is a travesty. It, it is, is an absolute joke that he is not in the NFL Hall of Fame. I don't know how you can have a guy like Sam Mills in and then guys like Zach Thomas and London Fletcher, who literally lead so many categories for, for the middle linebacker position of all time. It just makes no sense. It's one of the biggest head scratchers. Yeah. I said to myself, you know what? I want to give my son, when my firstborn son, when he's, when he's you know makes it, I want to give him a strong name. I named him Zachary after Zach Thomas. There you that, go. That, I wanted to give him a strong name, and I said, you know what? Let me give him, in my, in my opinion, my favorite linebacker, but I don't care. I'm biased. The greatest line, middle linebacker ever to play, there you go. Zach Thomas. And I named my firstborn son after Zach because of how much he meant to me, and I, I just love rooting for the underdog, and that's what Zach Thomas was. Came in as a fifth-round draft pick, had to beat Jack Del Rio for the spot to make it to the Dolphins. And that's right. He, he was the reason why Jack Del Rio didn't have a job anymore. That's right. Dolphins cut Jack Del Rio and Zach Thomas, an undersized guy, says Jimmy Johnson says, you know what? I want to bring this guy up. I want you to be one of the leaders of the defense. And over the course of his career, I it's hard to argue anybody that has better numbers. Man, Zach Thomas out of Texas Tech. Just it's <laughs> it's a real shame. I, I I believe he's gonna be in there one day. I do. Yeah. Maybe within the next year or two, hopefully. But it is an absolute joke and travesty that he is not in there already. That's get, sure. Zach, get Zach Thomas in, and another name that I, I'm thinking that it's also a travesty that's not in. Alindo Mare. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alindo Mare. Oh, oh. <laughs> Richmond um, Webb was great. You're right. R Rich, Richmond Webb, the guy that blocked the blind side for Dan Marino. Yeah, very underrated. I mean, he's another guy, another all-star player that just needs to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm waiting I'm hoping, and I'm going to even try, if Zach Thomas' name finally gets called, I'm going to try to make the trip to Canton so I could see him get in. There you go. That would be cool. I like it. Yeah. All right, Mr. Ryan Mackey, 
Are you ready? We are reaching the end of the show. Let's go. And you know what that means. When we reach the end, it means that we are ready for the pick six. And that is when Naki reads off his six questions to me. It's kind of like a lightning round type of feel to it. I don't know what these are. I specifically tell him not to tell me what he's going to ask me so I can react in real time. And, well, I'm ready if you are. Ready for this? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Ready? Boom. Let's do it. All right, we're going to do a pick six defensive edition. Oh, okay. The Dolphins will finish as a top ten defense over or under? Uh, I will say they will be top ten. Yes. They'll be better than top ten. Like number eight. All right, perfect. There you go. Will uh, Will Noah Igbenogany make it to the starting lineup? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be like Fast and Furious, but man, that is really tough. Um, I not yet. I think he's still going to be special teams reserve, kind of coming off the bench. I don't see him being a starter. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I don't see him being a starter this year. We mentioned that it's a contract year for Andrew Van Ginkle. How many sacks does he finish with this season? Well, I talked earlier about the defensive schemes that they can draw up with this team. A lot of speed, a lot of opportunity. You know, a lot of guys come back with the same philosophy on on defense. Van Ginkle is a guy who I think could get at least, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but for his position, I think it is, like five sacks. And I think that would be good. That would be a good season for him, right? Absolutely. The Dolphins were the highest blitzing team from weeks eight to the week 17, so he's got a good chance. Yeah. Big, bigger busts so far. Oh. Deion Jordan or Noah Ibnagan? Oh, gosh. You just, you really wanted to bring up Deion Jordan, is what you wanted to do. I had to. It's Deion Jordan for now. For now. For now. But again, Deion Jordan was the number three pick. I mean, they traded up for the guy. That's just an all-timer right there. Was that was that a Jeff Ireland move? It was. It was, it was. right? Mo- moved up to the number three pick to get Deion Jordan. Man, that's an all-time stinker right there. <laughs> so hopefully we don't have uh, Noah's name in, in that category after this year. That is a t- some tough company to be in. The Miami Dolphins will have how many pro, uh, pro bowlers on defense this season? On defense? Um, Xavier Howard. I believe it's going to be three. Xavier Howard, Christian Wilkins, and I think Jalen Phillips makes it there. I do. I think he's going to have a breakout season, and I'm going to say they put three as Pro Bowlers. Whatever the Pro Bowl is going to be this year, I don't know, but I'm saying three. I love that. And last of the pick six, will Zach Thomas finally make it to the Hall of Fame in 2023? I want to say yes. (laughs) I would have said yes about 2022. I said yes about 2021 because I'm going with common sense. So I, I, but common sense has eluded the voters for whatever reason the past couple of years. I will say yes again because I want to believe that they're going to get this right finally next year. But because we because we've been saying this since 2009 that he needs to get in. Yeah, I mean, you're not kidding. So listen, time will tell. But I'm I'm hoping I'm correct. There's no reason not to be correct. Get this man in the Hall of Fame. Zach Thomas needs to be in the Hall of Fame. It is not an NFL Hall of Fame without Zach Thomas in it. Simple as that. I, I always like to ask that last question to agitate you a little bit. Yeah, you know, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I like to finish strong there. And, that, and that's exactly what we've done. We've been finishing strong here on No Name Defense, Miami Dolphins podcast. Mr. Ryan Mackey, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. M- much more to come as we do this every single week for you as we lead into the season. Next week, I can't believe it. It's going to be the last show of June. So Ooh. that means we're getting closer and closer to training camp, to preseason, when things really, really start to heat up. Final thoughts for you, sir. Final thoughts are let let our man Zach Thomas into the Hall of Fame. Let's go. I'm glad we finally touched on the defense on this, this podcast, but... Looking forward to many, many more with you, my friend. That's it. We'll do it all again next week. Ryan Mackey right there. It's Dina right here. Again, don't forget, you can watch this on YouTube. Search No Name Defense on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find this podcast and all the episodes that we've done and will do in the future. And, of course, on FoxSports640.com. 
check us out and uh, have some fun and, you know, play along. It's, it's, we like to have fun here on the show and have aneurysms as well from getting so angry at Chris Sims and his garbage lists. So. You suck, Chris Sims and Orlovsky. <laughs> we'll do it all again next week. Talk to you then. And, of course, let's go Dolphins. Dolphins.